what was I up to? Yeah, during the summer, like three. I guess we had like three months. You had more than three months, did you? No, 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 three months. When 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 was your last exam? Uh, eight June. Eighth oh, of June. Did, so. Oh yeah, you, you took EM as well, didn't you? EM, yeah, yeah. How'd EM go? Oh, uh, sorry, I got an A. No, uh, no, no. It's, I, it's like it's it's so. Three sub, but you took yeah. three subjects, so I mean, three sub. Yes, mine ended on first, so mm-hmm. I had three months, more than three oh, months, technically. Okay. So what did you do in the what did you do in the first month? Well, um, nothing. I I was planning on studying, you know, for the IGs, <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm already going to go back to school. I'm already gonna be stressed, so let me enjoy my time. So I first week I I really all I did was just read some books, um, and then I tried working working out a little bit. It didn't go so well, <laughs> and then um, my brothers because my brother just got married, my big brother. So yeah, we had to prepare for all of that. Half of the vacation it went on getting my brother prepared for getting married, and yeah, basically. And then I came back here, and I can continued reading some books. I got this book, the one I was telling you about. Yeah. And yeah, basically that's it. Nothing really interesting much. Well, we went. Um, yeah, I, I was um I think in the first month I got my books and ready. We my dad had to go to Muscat, and then um mm-hmm. just came along with him and. I grabbed my school books. I got only my chemistry notebook because I wanted to study chem. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and even my business, I think. And I just wrote notes for the first mm-hmm. time. I have like six pages of notes. Yeah. And the whole book is empty. Even mm. I bought it for writing notes and stuff. <laughs> and uh, I pretended I studied. Like I, and I, I mean, I wa- wanted to study. Like I had the book in front of me, and then it's just. But I, but what I've done like, in the last few weeks is that I've just been writing notes for chemistry. Um, yeah. So I get mm-hmm. get a better feel of it, and I I the reason I wanted to start writing as well because you know when you start school and your handwriting just goes haywire. Yeah. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to like I, yeah. I start I start the year with good handwriting as well, so I've been mm-hmm. trying to do that, and then I think um, I read I, I I actually bought a lot of books um, the last month. I think I bought um I bought the Winchy Code the, the Dan Brown's The Winchy Code. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually never read it, so I'm looking forward to it. But what does it talk about? I'm not sure. Brian recommended it to me. It's like some mystery book. I'm not. I'm not sure about. It. But he said like it's one of the best books. I, I'm taking his word for it. And then uh, I bought um, something about motivational speaking. I also bought the new um, the Percy Jackson book, which came out two months ago. Um, mm-hmm. the The Trials of Apollo, the second book. Then I bought like a business management book um, by Sir Alex Ferguson. It's like, um, Do you take business in school? Yeah, I take IGs. Hmm. I so take physics, wh- physics, chemistry, and business. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. And then I bought a book, um, the the new Harry Potter book, uh, and the cur- Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna read that. So yeah, I, I I I haven't read any of them so far because what I wanted to do is because I get so bored on the bus trips to school. Uh huh. So true. True. That's uh, good. Save it for there. Even though I started a couple of chapters in the business book, but then I'm trying to save it for that. Mm-hmm. All right. I All see. right. So um, before before we move on, um, I'd like to introduce you to everyone listening today. Um, I have Sana Sanali with me. Um, she's a she's a really good friend of mine at school. Um, we've been uh, 
I think I think our first encounter happened in grade six when we were grade six. Yep. Of Sigma. Uh, yep. But um, I think we probably um, probably worked together or coordinated together. I think a year and a half ago, or two years. Yeah. Ago, true. Something, true. Mm-hmm. Something about along those lines and. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think how we started was in uh, grade six uh, when I was vice captain of Sigma. You were vice captain of Sigma, and um, <laughs> we didn't get to take carry the flags all the way up, did we? <laughs> we had to yeah. Stand back and mm-hmm. watch the captains do it, and that was that was bitter. I was really mm-hmm. bitter. Because <laughs> the thing was, um, what happened with me was then um, I mentioned Ridvan in the last podcast as well, and mm-hmm. I'm mentioning him again. Like, uh, and he messaged me on the last podcast when I told him like Ridvan's not the most athletic, and he's like, he challenged me to a football match. He's like, just come wow. down and play me. Because I, I said I said to Tissery on the uh, on episode two is that um, I was surprised like why I became vice captain, but then I saw my captain Ridvan. I was like, okay, that's not a problem. Yeah. So he, so he messaged me um, mm-hmm. yesterday, and then he told me like just come on at a football game and we'll see mm-hmm. like, yeah all right I'm, i didn't know it's like so sorry and then like, <laughs> but the thing with Ridwan was that um he switched from alpha to sigma to became cap to become captain mm-hmm. so obviously for me i was like i technically if he wasn't there i was going to be captain so i was like i was going to raise the flag and <laughs> since that day i've never looked at sports day ever again in mm-hmm. the same eyes yeah <laughs> yeah all right so um why don't you just like introduce yourself to everyone listening today? All right, so I'm Sanali. I'm currently 15 and a half. Um, basically, what I candles? uh t- March second, second, second of March. Second of All right. March. Yeah, um, I'm just a random person. I got a little bit lucky the last few years. I flew to Rome. We're gonna talk about that later, and um. You know, I just I'm one of these people that likes making change in the world and believes that everyone here has a purpose. And I figured I haven't really figured out my purpose yet. And I think my next few years is going to be that. And I think it is going to be a challenge. So basically, my my life currently is still the status of my life is still, you know, kind of lagging. I'm not really sure where I stand, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to find that out. And it's really, really interesting because as I said, in the last few years, I've discovered some stuff that I never knew I could do, and I never knew I would do, but I did it. So I think life is just about to get interesting for me, and I think for, you know, all of us since we're graduating this year. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, we're graduating. And Mm -hmm. um, so we started, um, I think, um, it it was a grade 8 or 9, I think, when we had the scholars thing. I think it was grade 8, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, grade 8. And, um, grade nine, nine, nine. Grade nine. Yeah. Yeah, grade nine. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, grade eight <laughs> seems just like yesterday, and it's like three years ago now. So okay. Time slipped. True. Right, but yeah. <laughs> so grade nine, we went. Um, I think five girls, five boys. Mm-hmm. And, um, we went to scholars. We went to I think the James Wellington School. James Wellington, I, yes. I like to say yeah, and um, there was this um, scholars group where. Um, there are a bunch of people from Argentina and it's like an whole organization um, to go all over the world um, and uh, have campaigns and then just talk about issues going on in the country with students or as they like to say the future um, mm-hmm. the future generation and the future of the country and uh, yeah it was a really good experience it was like a five-day trip I think we missed a couple days of school but then we had like three days of holiday so I think it was really it was really good and um, 
how was how was your experience on the first two or three days? Because I know in the last few days, um, you got you got out of the shell, and you I think you true you break free you break you broke free, and um, how was the, how was the first three days? I'm um, just getting used to the new surroundings, like having so many students and everything. Actually, yeah, the first few days were very very interesting because um, I, and I mentioned this earlier is that uh, when I was the first day I missed the first day of scholars. So on the second day, um, yeah. when I went, I was already I was really having a bad time. We I think the, the the citizenship was in April, and I think around February I had this huge breakdown. I lost someone I love, and um, you know I had this really really huge breakdown and when I went to scholars I was like what the hell is just this going on because I went we had this called recreation session where people just dance and sing and we I, I was a little bit late so I went in and people were dancing and singing and I'm like really what is this like you know what the hell is going on and I did yeah, not um, I yeah I was not having they just, it um, they just told us to come up on stage and just like um do some impossible things like licking your elbow or just like true, um, true. doing some weird things with your hands or just some weird commotion and yeah and at first i was like is it are we at some like i because um initially me and justin we both went together um we thought like um we we're probably going to some like talk or we we're just listening to some people's lectures and stuff mm -hmm. it was just like a circus going on i was like what <laughs> yeah true and yeah exactly like you know the purpose of this recreation session was to break the ice between people and really get comfortable with them and i i didn't get it i was just like what is going on and i said this before it's like you know trying a lemon for the first time i'm not sure if you like lemons but when you first try it's like so bitter and you're like Ugh, what is this but then when you actually get used to it you're like oh i actually like this unless, and unless it's unless it's lemon ginger I try yeah it <laughs> it's horrible from the start to finish it <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah exactly it was like i had a very unpleasant experience for like the first 30 minutes and I actually, I couldn't believe I could like something so much. And I think all the people who went there with us, they're like, they had a really, really good experience. And I think they they broke out of some shell of their own. And each one of us discovered something they never knew they had within them. Well, Mabuso, so I think, well, Mabuso let loose quite loose. <laughs> dancing. He became, he became the, the popular dude. Yeah, the, with dancing. Like, yeah, everyone was just running after me he left us behind which was a bit um so i was me and justin were a bit salty about that he just, yeah he just left us and he hanged around with yeah. cool kids and stuff so, yeah yeah i mean um, um scholars was all really really, really great, great, great i think um, um some of the, some of the lectures which were very very, very, very exciting, insightful because um i think i were you um i'm not sure you were part were you part of my group? I'm not sure. Uh, where um, we listened to um, the general manager of Canon. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You were there? Wait. No, 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 no. I wasn't there. And this, no, no. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I the, the general manager of Canon in the Middle East came and he gave us a lecture, and he uh, was a really, it was really insightful things, and um, he told. What did us he talk about? He talked to us about his family, how he. Uh, grew up in Lebanon um, and uh, had to study in uh, had studied his university in Palestine. Palestine, so mm -hmm. he, the whole relationship between those countries and stuff. And then he talked about how he uh, always um, raised parents, never drank, never drank uh, alcohol. Um, as to um, how important 
choosing your friends are because he said that he, the most important thing you take away from your school life is what type of friends you are because what type of friends you are with is what you become. And true. He always That's avoided, very, very true. Yeah, he always avoided um, the people who were a bit dodgy and uh, mm -hmm. he handpicked his friends um, uh, very carefully and it was a really good talk and got a selfie out of it so I think the moral of the story is um, if you listen carefully you get a cool picture with the general manager yeah <laughs> so what what do you really think that about that like um, how people around you influence you how how far do you agree with that statement okay um, I like to say I agree but then um, not at all times I, I like to say um, because um, if you are mature enough to realize that you are in um, uncomfortable surroundings and uh, let's say and uh, you need to adjust and you know what people you're around with is just um, temporary and they're not uh, a long-term liability so you don't get influenced but what I like to say is like for example your classroom the people who you're sitting with day in day out the people who are you you're studying with um, you're growing with because we've grown from little babies to mature kids now mm -hmm. almost reaching reaching the legal age of 18 mm -hmm. and so it's coming real quick and um, all I like to th all I like to say is that like just I want to make sure that the friends I have mm -hmm. are long-term friends are not friends that yes they have the short-term benefit because, mm -hmm. um, what I always think about is that um, if you have the talent, and I'm not talking about friendship, but just like in general for an individual, if you have the talent and you don't have the desire or you don't have the drive or the motivation to work hard and enhance your talent, then uh, over and then there's someone who's um, who doesn't have the talent but he works hard, has the drive, has the motivation, has the uh, grind in him to grind it out and work. He will hard. succeed, yeah. yeah. I don't know maybe he won't maybe maybe the talented dude will succeed but in my eyes in my eyes um, what I feel is that like for example if I had to choose a person who I'd like to be with I'd rather be with the dude who doesn't have the talent but mm -hmm. it out, rather than yeah. someone who has the talent and doesn't take care of it because um, uh, sometimes what happens is there's a lot of misconjunctions um, um, that happen around school as well um, mm -hmm. like for example um, people, people just assume because you, you're, you're a leader or you're in the prime position of as a leader, is that you're the smartest dude and um, you don't you have natural born talent in you. You're this. And That's that. not and true. It's just accusing yeah. and just assumptions. And to be honest, like yeah, I talked about it in the podcast with Thisri, and um, was that I was never a born leader. I literally grinded it out and became wanted to become a leader I wanted to be the one person leading it from the front and I it was never it was never my idea it was never my intention to be like um uh, to show I'm arrogant or ego maybe I maybe I do come out as arrogant and egotistical when mm -hmm. I when I when I'm presenting and stuff and maybe that's maybe that's just the cocky side of me or just the edge I want to have over people but then that's never my intention what I wanted to come out as but then mm -hmm. I what I, what I can't say what I don't like or what I disagree with is that I've had things handed to me 
mm-hmm. because people don't know how hard I've worked mm-hmm. to get yeah. where I've reached. And to, in in the bigger picture, where I've got right now doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. but it lays the foundation for where I want to go. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And a good a good example of you know uh, desire over talent is that uh, I, I just seen I've I've seen this the other day Ed Sheeran, he actually had a really really bad voice as a kid and he said that when he, people just assume that uh, you know all the artists and all the you know singing people they ha- they're born with talent and it's not true and I'll actually show you the video. Artists are born with talent. You know, you have to you have to really learn and really practice. This is me playing it. Yeah, <laughs> listen to him. Listen to his voice. I just want people listening. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, Ed Sheeran. Like, who would have imagined that you know Ed Sheeran yeah, had this com- voice? And now he's coming in November doing a concert in Dubai. Exactly, and it's already sold out. Like, it's, it's, it's sold I th- out. Yeah, I think in the first couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that's no, a really good example. That's a really good example. And like, um, f- f- let's uh, let's talk about you more. So, for example, um, you obviously, um, were, were you part of the co- core console or? Uh, um, from the start, get get go. Uh, were you part of the console in grade five? No, I wasn't actually. It's funny. It's a funny story. Um, when I was in grade four, I was I was you know as a kid, my, you know we and Egyptian people know this is that as you know generally as a Middle Eastern parents yeah. always want you to be the top of your class like or if you lost two marks in a paper why did you lose those two marks who did you give them to your friend like you know they always they're always really really specific about your grades and how good you are in studies yeah so i was uh, i was doing all right until grade four uh, grade four <coughs> great no, no problem so grade four it, it, was, it wasn't even a b it was an a i got an a for the first time and my parent was like what is this like and i'm just like it's only one a he's like only one a did you want to lose more a stars or something so around grade four i was really bad grade five um i was starting to improve a little bit mm-hmm. and then grade six i joined the core council no, but you know what um i actually i like i like when parents do that in now when I look back at it because um, true that's very very true yeah now I have a standard where I don't look behind eight below eight stars and now when mm, that that's where maybe the arrogant side of me people feel but that's just my that's just the bar I like to keep myself at mm-hmm. it's like for example whenever there's a weekly test going on probably out of 15 I'll, I might as well just get 12 but when people ask me what I, what I'm expecting I'm like 15 and it's like Dude, why are you thinking so much of yourself? I'm not thinking of so much of myself. I'm just thinking. It's because you have standards. Yeah. It's not not because I have standards, but like maybe that that's that the standard which I'm keeping is probably not my capable my uh, capacity or in mm-hmm. my capacity. But I like to keep that capability because I want to reach the top. True. I want to reach. The, I want to grind it out and want to reach. See. Because I like putting pressure on myself. I don't like to be in a position where I'm comfortable, where I'm, where I've studied everything, mm-hmm. and um, that's where maybe that's where maybe sometimes I disagree or with my dad, and prob- probably I'm wrong most of the times. Uh, is that is the fact when I'm when I'm studying, 
Um, <laughs> I study obviously, and then when I'm not studying, when like when I'm playing FIFA or I'm just watching a bit of football or I'm just watching stuff, and I I still have my books in front of me and I'm writing notes and stuff. He disagrees with that because you're not studying, and it's just like when you're t- t- taking a break, take a break and do not study like that because you're not genuinely studying. But what I like to say it just saves time for me, and um, I like because. I, I don't like to be in like a peaceful position where I've just studied everything and I well now I'm relaxing because what I want to be is like I want pressure on myself. So for example, if it's two thirty right now and um, I have to be somewhere at three three o'clock, I'll make sure sh- uh, in my mind it's two fifty. So I have to mm-hmm. be there in ten minutes rather than thirty minutes. Yeah, true. So it's just it's just the pressure that I like to put on myself because I think pressure brings out the best in me and pressure brings out the best in most people. Um, and it's all about like getting uncomfortable to your, even though you know that because at the end of the day you know that yes I'm being uncomfortable right now I'm in I'm in a dodgy situation right now but But later on you know I will reap the benefits and and the book you were talking to me about um yeah this one do with being uncomfortable and yeah this how to be a boss it's a really really good book people like i was talking to my friend about this the other day and you know literally saying people most mostly know her as superwoman the comedian girl who goes online and makes videos and when i showed my friend this book she's like this is probably trash like you know what would a comedian have to give you or advice and you know it's like it's really you know and and i love it because but people see, don't I can see where she's coming from though you know why because um most of the youtuber books are just they're awful like literally yeah true it's so, true like they have no you know like you don't get anything out of reading their books but okay. this one it's like I'm telling you, it is something, and it opens your mind up to a lot of things. And one of one of them is getting it's uncomfortable. It's probably good because um, I go to like borders like every single, fi- every five days or so, usually mm-hmm. to to the bookstore. And it's been on uh, the plane. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's been on it's been on um, the best-selling shelf for like four weeks. True. Now, so quite a while. Yeah, good. quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you were saying about. The, how she talks about being uncomfortable and just yeah it's like as i said um i had this rome trip like a mini rome trip and it started in scholars and i specifically i just realized realized it when i read the book is that i remember the last day uh, in scholars you had to go up on stage and talk about your experience yeah. now initially when when one one lady came up to me and told me that I sucked at public speaking. I had no clue how you do it. And I always used to get nervous going up on stage. And I, I was zero. I was a zero expert uh, at public speaking. And when she told me that, public speaking was something I always loved to do. But it's not that I knew how to do it. I just loved doing it. So when she told me, like, hey, do you want to go up and speak? I didn't really think about it. But I was like, yeah, sure. And that when it was my turn to speak, I was like, oh my god, this is really happening. And it was such a chaos where I did not know what to do. And if you'd remember, like, I was shivering, I wasn't speaking well, but yeah. I was getting somewhere, you know? And right now, I don't even think I have a shiver when I go on stage, and it was because of that yeah, first time. I think, I, think, I think that moment, I think, you just um, went from just the... Uh, just, just got out of, got out of, 
Yeah, true. You just break free. Exactly. It's like, and people always ask me. Exactly. Just free yourself. Exactly, and always people who always speak on stage. Like I'm sure even you get that a lot. It's like, how do you do it? It's not that it was easy for me once. Once you know, everybody. It's not. It's not that easy as you think. It may look. It may seem easy, but you know, you don't know what I've been through to you know, actually come here. So I think one of the things we should highlight on today is getting uncomfortable. Don't think about it too much. Just don't overthink it. When you see an opportunity right between your arms, you should grab it and take it. And I think, yeah, that's one of the best things you can do. Now, I remember in the, in that speech which you, which you came out of, you were mm-hmm. quite emotional. And um, uh, it's not, not, not in that way, but like... Um, uh, some I know some people mistook that as like a sign of just showing you can cry so you, just to get your point across, but I just think um, it's more of that you were passionate about what you were saying um, mm-hmm. because um, when I I remember I think last year was it when I went for uh, when I went for a Skyfest debate um, mm-hmm. wasn't prepared <laughs> uh, I like I said I was prepared but I wasn't honestly in terms of content and stuff and. Um, if uh, my English teacher is listening to this, she's probably gonna be. <laughs> but then, uh, no, so I wasn't in that shell or prepared for that stance. So I remember when it was my turn to speak, and I was, I think, I was four for the topic, and um, I was just talking and talking, and I just talked for a bit while and then I realized I still had like a couple of minutes left and then I closed my iPad where I had my notes on Mm -hmm. I just looked dead straight at the audience and I I didn't know what I was doing like Mm -hmm. I was and I was I was just getting um very just wiggly just uh you know just you want to just like burst out and then it was just like I got emotional and I just said like I I don't know I don't remember what it was but then I was like this thing is cancer to our world and is it was about science right it was about science whether it's uh, for our benefit or not for our benefit something of that sort Mm -hmm. and uh, I just let it all out and then I did not look up after I did I just went back to my seat. And I sat down, and everyone just stood up and clapped, and that was so cool. It's like yeah, it was exactly. Like those, it was like one of those movie moments where <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, one guy just stands up and starts clapping. And yeah, yeah. 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 That was a good moment, and then um, obviously that wasn't when I first started speaking. I think, I think once you embrace yourself, and once you mm-hmm. accept yourself for who you are, you don't care whether you're speaking in front of a hundred people, one people, True. or a thousand people, because sometimes I just feel, um, in our, um, as t- teenagers, is that we think so much about ourselves. We're like, uh, my hair looks like this. I need <laughs> on this my, my pimples, yeah, my yeah, eye bags, my, yeah. <laughs> my, why does my nose look like this? Like, my yeah. mouth like this. And you just, yeah. people, we are so insecure of ourselves. And Super. just as sooner we accept it, the, the more it will benefit you. True. Because I, now I'm, I'm just, I could not care less about what 
some people who criticize say no I'm not talking about like people who criticize for the good like constructive mm-hmm. criticism is that but some people just give out the hate because they are trolls and they have nothing to do with their lives they'd rather spend their time on Instagram or on Snapchat or on Facebook or on Twitter and just or on YouTube and just comment a big lengthy paragraph as to what yours what is mm-hmm. I'm like so you have the audacity and to be honest you have the time <laughs> exactly like, like who, who has the time instead of you improving on yourself and pointing out the things that are wrong in you you just go to other people it's because you're so full of hate that you just let it out on other people and it's so wrong and like like what are you doing i don't even think it's hate i just think it's la- being lazy literally <laughs> you're too lazy to do something so it's like they're t- they're so in- it's because they're hi- they're behind the screen they're so comfortable seeing it yeah. but if you meet them up in real life like yeah the thing you know? I, I think um i was ta- talking to one of my friends um last week and i was t- I saw, uh he was uh getting criticized on one of his sayits in saharas or whatever those things are mm-hmm. like, to be honest just do not make those sort of things mm-hmm. like, you know you're going to get questions like that so it's like um, I was just telling him, dude. Like literally, these people are like Superman um, behind the screen, and uh, once you meet them in real life, they're like a failed Mojo Jojo experiment <laughs> that just went yeah. wrong. Yeah, true. So just, just let it be and just let it go. Like all you need to know is that un- un- until and unless they're harming you or they're harming your work, you mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't care less, I guess. And speaking about uh, as you were talking about. A, a superwoman or Lily Singh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she probably was talking about getting uncomfortable. Is that we as teenagers are at a particular age group of fourteen to seventeen, let's say. Mm-hmm. We're at cer- at a certain age where we're not children anymore. Mm-hmm. But we're not, but we're adults. not adults. Yeah. So we're we're in a transitional phase, and th- I think that's where you figure yourself out the most. Exactly. Work. That's that's where you should go out and experience and break yeah. free because you are, as you said, literally you're transitioning. And, you know, that's the perfect time where you should grasp in every opportunity thrown your way. And, you know, you know, you just need to do all of the things that, you know, because later on in life you are going to regret it and you're not going to have the time or the energy. Like right now, the only thing that's blocking you is the money, right? Like we uh, we were not. Yeah. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. But then, uh, in hindsight, do not t- when, when you say go out and then just explore yourself. Do not take go out and explore yourself. Does not mean that you're going out a lot and just uh, hanging out. True. With friends <laughs> yeah. And not giving time to your family because in hindsight, man, your family is just like you wake up to your family and you go to bed. They're your support system. Yeah. They they're they're not even your support system. They are you. You you're not, <laughs> yeah. you are one portion of your mom mm-hmm. you are your mom and you, yeah. just how you represent your school in events and stuff or when someone comes along you represent your school you're representing mm-hmm. your mom you're representing your dad and to, to to have them just hanging around not giving them time i mean i'd say i'm a victim as well i'm probably engaged in so much stuff with the podcast with stuff going on um just doing stuff occupied with school and stuff that I probably don't give enough time so uh, who am I to say but then I know that I should and so should you and it's just the way that I don't like to say that they're not gonna live I hate it when I hate it when they tell me that they're not gonna live forever 
Yeah. Even though that's true, but I I just hate it that way. But I I don't know. It just it just gets me depressed when I think about that. I don't want to think about it in that way. But then I just want to be like, I want to build something. I want to be something that they're proud of at the end of the day. And maybe there are going to be hardships along the way where we we do disagree on and where mm-hmm. I should be giving them more time and I could have given them more time. But then I, I just like I I know that long term hopefully it will make them proud and that's it's true it, that's how it should be and a, and a great example uh, example of that is that i'm not sure if you know this famous guy he's he's known for fussy tube he's uh, yeah. his name is yeah yusuf arikat um he was he's a really successful he or he was i don't know he he was very successful in the or something he just sold everything I don't yeah know. exactly he, he he's been through a lot and a lot of people know him like he he's very well known as in the you know the social media industry yeah, and stuff and and what really you know just had me speechless is that he's tried everything he traveled almost you know he traveled to a lot of places he's been through a lot of things he's he's gone on a red carpet he he did a movie he does youtube videos everything he tried so many stuff and he went through depression and stuff and all of this led him back to his family and right now he's living with his family and it just you know like you go everywhere and people right now uh, teenagers they go like you know i just want to you know travel somewhere uh, go education you know abroad because i want to stay away from my parents and what's crazy is that this yusuf guy he was so successful and he did everything that he could and it eventually it led him back to his family and now he, he's like he 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 says and i quote he says I've never been happier and it's so like crazy how you try all these stuff and you have all this money and you can buy what do whatever you want and buy away from your family but he chooses to do otherwise and he chooses to stay with his family because he realized that when he got so much experience out of life he realized that your family will be there for you and you know it is one of the most important things so I think yeah that was very yeah no doubt and um Obviously, um, you broke loose and you started getting involved in everything. And we then mm-hmm. we tried bringing scholars to our school, and um, I wouldn't say it went has we planned to be brutally honest. Um, mm-hmm. Why should we cover it up? Um, why should we be hiding? <laughs> it? it didn't go as it as we planned, and fair enough, it didn't. And um, I think it was more to do it with, because it was after the exams. Um, no one bothered coming. No one was committed enough. But I think it was generally good because if we had hadn't done that, we wouldn't have known how to handle a program and what are the mistakes that you shouldn't do in a program. So as I said, like it it does get you one step. Like right now, the leaders that handle the program, they're one step ahead of everybody else or two steps ahead of everybody else yeah, because they, they, know, they know they know the what it's like that exactly they have committed and mm-hmm. will not follow it. And I, yeah, I, in hindsight, yes, we have learned. We have learned from the mistakes over there. But I still think we could have handled the situation among engaging with the uh, students more and getting the teachers across. I think we had a bit of limitation in terms of the, the auditorium and mm-hmm. uh, limited classrooms and stuff. But I, I think, yeah, hopefully maybe we can get it across again. In six True. Form when we hopefully. The, <laughs> the old dudes and just... <laughs> the, the cool kids. Can you... Can you, can you absorb that we are the oldest students it's crazy it's crazy i cannot imagine that 
You know, and it's very important because uh, last year I also told this to the welcome assembly for the sixth form. I was attending their assembly and I told them, like, imagine you have an entire school looking up to you, even if you don't know it. They are looking up to you. And it's really important if you do something just when you're passing by their corridors, the children, and you just do something that is not right or you say a word or, you know, they will catch it on. And they, you know, even if you don't realize it, if you have younger siblings, you are, you obviously already notice that, you know, they copy you. Uh, unintentionally, they do it. So. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish they were done. Yeah, so. Last year, we were in TEDx. We, mm -hmm. You gave a TED yeah. talk. Yeah. I gave a TED talk. I mean, yeah. It's crazy. It looks good on our CV, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was super cool. It was a really good experience. And I remember we went through a lot of auditions, and it was. Everyone was, you know, even more nerve wracking than the other, but it was worth it in the end. I think we went through around like three auditions. And you just. People were just watching you, and you know, they had. You feel like because. You are being judged, and I think um, people they really, really do get uncomfortable the most time when they know that they're being judged. And you know, when you have to fill in a criteria, then you feel kind of a little bit insecure. But we've made it, and you know, you feel amazing because like you're like, wow, I've went to all these auditions, and you know, TEDx was a really, you know, as you said, it's gonna look really, really great on our CVs. What did you mm -hmm. talk about in your TED talk? Well, it's kind of complicated. Like until now, I don't really know what was the topic, but I think. What, what um, did TEDx um, label your video as? Um, I don't know. I think what what I spoke about is um, I spoke about how you should, you know, stop. It was a whole bunch of things, and it was the struggle for motivational speech and how you should yeah, just express okay. yourself and not be not not feel that you need to impress people, but rather just express how you feel. And I think it revolved around how this speech that I was struggling with so much it actually reflected on what we do on our entire life. We try to impress. We try, we try to, we judge people because I knew that I was going to be judged for that speech. And I knew I had to impress people. And, um, you know, all of these bunch of things that led to that, you know, I, at the end of the speech, I just said, you know, you just have to express. And if you're living just to impress, nobody got time for that, you know, like, so you should really just live to you know, experience and stop caring about how others judge you because their judgment might not always be right. So I think that was my speech, how it, it revolved around this topic. And Alian, what was yours? <laughs> I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. I'll, we'll just play a little bit of a little small small game, I guess. Um, I have all the nine tech talks, which were uh -huh. which are <laughs> talks. Mm -hmm. You need to give me one word to describe each tech talk. Hmm. All right. All right. Start with the first one. Undoing the mask. Thomas Michael. TEDx U T W S. I think um, his talk was. I think it was right daring. I think his talk was daring. It was. It was like you were bluntly telling the one in front of you that you are wearing a mask, and I loved how. He put it in a such, it was metaphorical, but he also wore a mask in his speech. And at the end of his speech, he was like, uh, uh, dare to show the, the world for what you are. And he took off the mask. Yeah, and I think when, that you know was... When he did that, um, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if the people listening have watched WWE, 
was like um it was that moment when um Kane just removed Rey Mysterio's mask. Yeah. And he just revealed for who he was on like oh Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um uh The Art of Saying No, uh by Ravan Hisham, TEDx U T W S. I think it was Awful. No, it was Magic. it was I don't know how you <laughs> you describe it in one word. I think it was just bluntly yeah it was just i don't know um i think it was so true to a point that you know it was just super yeah brutal exactly it was brutal because as much as people don't realize it it was it was so true and it's something we always live in every day it's because no is such a big word and you don't know how to always express it but sometimes you should so i think it was um, very to be honest um Last year, I started saying no for a lot of things because um, I think uh, I've done stuff which haven't benefit me, benefited me. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I should do stuff which don't benefit me for the good. But then it was just like you're doing someone else's work without credit. Mm-hmm. And they're getting the credit and they're not even appreciating True. what you did. And I think that mm-hmm. happened to me when I first entered secondary. And uh, I, got, I, I did a lot of stuff which um, I'm not going to say what I did and who I did it mm-hmm. for. Um, like I did a lot of stuff which I got nothing out of. People, some, some that person got the recognition for, and um, boo me. I don't know. Boo me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, so the skill of determination. Um, Asan phase TEDx UDWS. The skill of determination. Yeah, the hmm. really cool mustache, and he talked about Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it was determined. Okay. He was he was determined to his talk, and it was about determination. He talked and about he was Disney, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he talked about red, the color red. Yeah. How? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we do as we live. Sana Ali. Yeah. Confusing. <laughs> All right, okay. uh, who said pacifiers were only for babies? Justin Rafael Lopez Gutierrez. It was interestingly, it was very inter- interestingly funny and deep. It was it was very very deep. Yeah, I, I it, well, his talk was one of my favorites. It was, I, and I told this to my parents because my parents you always use this. We call in Arabic we call it Tatina, the pacifier, yeah. and they always say this about your phones like you're using it like like why are you always with your pacifier yeah. you know. So my parents, they always use that, and I think Justin was one of their favorite talks because it was so true. Yeah. So it was deep, yeah, and it was so true to the world we live in right now. So I didn't know they changed my TED talk from emoji to digital language, but digital language, Alian uh, Jaffrey, TEDx TWS. Very modern, I would say it was. It was a very modern talk, I but it was, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cool as well. I mean. It is true, like, how emojis... We use emojis in almost everything right now, and it's it fits perfectly with the digital world because when you're using a screen, you don't really know how to express, and I think you emojis... Know, I talked about I think I should... Uh, obviously, I'm thinking of it now, a year later. <laughs> but then, uh, what you know what I could have talked about? I could have talked about um, how it could replace sign language in a way. For people it who, could. Yeah, you could just literally show your emotions through 
Emojis, like literally, emojis has every sign you just move around. Mm -hmm. like, True. And and it's evolving, man. It's evolving, and you have all these new emojis coming you in. You have like three more. The magic mm -hmm. beyond your comfort zone, Ribazaki. It's also about getting uncomfortable, which we were talking about. Yeah. So it was it was an uncomfortable TED talk. <laughs> it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was. Maybe, maybe, if you think of it in a way, it was uncomfortable, right. but... And why your definition of beauty is the only one that matters, question mark, Sasha. Sasha's Sasha Sasha. It was beautiful. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> Socrates in disguise, Indiana Rose. Mm-hmm. What was your talk about? I, I forgot. I what? 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 About, I think she talked about autism, about her brother and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was about autism. I think it was... Hmm. It was autistic. No? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, I, I think it made you more aware. I think it, her, top, her, her talk, it was about raising awareness about a certain topic. And, you know, raising awareness in, an, in a completely different insight than, than what we're used to. Because she says that autism, the people who who are autistic, they reveal or they view stuff in a completely different way, and you know, so you you raise awareness about topic. Yeah, I think it was. All right. Um. Yes, that's most of the TED talks done. And um, mm -hmm. so, um, I I know you you're good at art. Um. <laughs> yeah. You're, <laughs> and um, you like to play basketball and. Now you're mm -hmm. into public speaking, so um, obviously you play basketball, and um, last year you had a leg break, didn't you? And uh, yeah, and I think it kind of pushed me back from playing basketball. Yeah. For a little while, so, and yeah. So um, obviously, okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have like a three different sets of questions on that. But mm -hmm. initially, when how, what was the feeling when that happened? I think you were training. Yeah, we were practicing in the morning, and all of a sudden we were we we had these kind of stands that we were jumping on, and the the spacing between the stands were were kind of a little bit too you know close to each other. And I told the teacher, I told my coach, I told her that the the distance is too short, and I have long legs. I'm not gonna do it. And she was she was so busy and she was rushing everyone. She's like, just go, go, go. And I was like, all right. I jumped off the first one and I slipped through the second one. I, I, you know, and it was just like you know when you foresee something that you know you just know it's gonna happen. So I wasn't actually that surprised, but the pain was. I, I'm telling you, the pain was awful. And I think um, I was kind of sad that it pushed me back from playing basketball because basketball has been my thing for a really, really long time. Um, but you get something out of it. I think I loved how everyone was willing to help me that time. And I didn't want anyone's pity. You know, it, it felt bad when people would just give me this, you know, this pity look. Yeah. But, you know, it was some way, some sort, I enjoyed being pampered. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and everyone was there willing to help. And the teachers, they showed extra care of me. And, you know, it just it brings out a really soft spot in most of the people. So I think it was, I don't know, it was a little bit like... How is, uh, how is the rehabilitation process, though? Um, knowing that you'll be out for this long, you can't play for this long. Um... 
it's quite depressing, yeah. I was really, really bummed when I could see my friends just going in from practice in the morning and I couldn't. And I, around that time, I think I gained I gained a little bit of kgs. Um, and it was super, super depressing. I was like, wow, you know, like, how so could something... Were, so, so you were carrying KG students that gained... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I gained some... Yeah. Um, I put on some weight, yeah. And uh, I, I think from that time, I kind of moved on from basketball. I, I didn't want to. It's upsetting. And for some yeah, reason, so basketball... Obviously, when you recovered, that fear that it might happen again... Exactly. And that's what, you know, that's what that's what upsets me the most is that right now I cannot possibly view basketball as as how I used to view it before. And I've moved on. I I played some badminton for a little while and just I kind of just stepped back from basketball. Yeah, probably it would probably take a bit of time, but I'm I'm sure you'll probably if you're passionate about the sport, I you'll yeah. probably return. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, it's the mental side of things that does affect the human being. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little bit of... Yeah, um, mentally it was challenging, yep. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was the injury. And um, future, what, what's, what's a, what's, what are you looking at? I mean, obviously you're not decided on what you want to be. I think I haven't, as I said, I haven't figured out what I want exactly. And I just want to, I don't want to go with one of these mainstream engineer, you know, being a doctor, going to medicine. I don't want that. I want something, you know, I know that I was here to make a difference. And I really, really want to be that someone, you know, even later on in life, um, I just want to be someone who people point at and be like, that person changed my life. In some way or the other, even if it was just by a smile or, you know, anything. And I figure it, it has something to do with that. And I think whatever Safe I... Was it? <laughs> yeah, be happy, yeah, say Felice. <laughs> um, whatever I, I, I am aiming for in the future, I would love that making a difference would be part of my career. Whatever it will be. So, yeah. On that note, what, what are... What what will inspire you to what inspires you to be better than what Sunday hmm. is right now? What inspires me to be better? Because it's, it's I think the... um, I don't um, the best of the people are people who really grind it out. Instead of competing with others, they're competing with themselves. Themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think yeah, uh, there is this quote. I'm sorry, you have you cut off. Um, you there? Yeah, we, we just cut off um, 
a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I ran out of battery on my Mac as well. So, yeah, um, I asked you what inspires you to be better. And um, I was saying, yeah, that what inspires me to be better is the person I see myself in five years. You said earlier that, you know, to a certain extent, you need to set standards for yourself. If you don't set standards for yourself, you're willing to be anything. You're willing to get a C in your grade. You don't care. Uh, you, you know, life is too good. Be cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I think to a certain extent, you need to set. <laughs> so to a certain extent, you need to set some standards for yourself. And, and as I said, the actor, Matthew, whatever, Matthew, I don't know how to yeah, yeah. pronounce his name. Yeah, he said that he won an Oscar and he said that uh, one guy asked him, uh, who's your hero? And he said, my hero is, is myself when I'm 30. And when he was 30, the same guy asked him, who's your hero now? Are you your hero? He said, no, my hero is myself when I'm 40. And he said, that's what keeps me going on is because I am chasing someone. I am chasing someone that I know is going to be bigger than me. And that's why you set standards for yourself. You go, okay, I'm going to be, I don't know, a world topper or something. So you set standards for yourself. And you know that you won't accept going below these standards. And there's even uh, Michelle Obama, she says, when they go low, you go high. Because people around you are going to always, you know, be like, whatever, we don't care, blah, blah, blah. So that time you need to go, you know, like, how low can you go exactly? Like, so you go. (laughs) So when... You know, people around you are just like going low. Just you know, go away from them and set standards for yourself. With anything in life, if you have values, you you know that you're not gonna exceed something because you have values and you respect those values and you respect those standards. There's and I've heard this once. I think uh, I think also Lily Singh talked about this. Is have values, not hobbies. For example, um, if men choose to respect women. Some do, some do it, some do it, you know, like, like some, some men have it as a value. I value women, so I respect them. And some men, they just have it as a hobby. Like I respect them whenever I want to, and I won't whenever I don't want to. So you should have values, not hobbies, something that you stick to and you value, not just a hobby that you do whenever you feel like, or, you know, you don't whenever you don't feel like. I agree. And, um, while we were off camera, you were talking about, um, fear of missing out um fomo, mm-hmm. or fomo yeah fomo. fear of missing out fomo. so it, yeah it's an abbreviation oh, so oh, okay. it's an abbreviation. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah exactly uh, fear of missing out it's crazy it's something we all have especially with this modern technology and everything we fear of missing out on the most trend- I, I genuinely do but i just don't want to trust them with the podcast yeah. like you know, mm-hmm. I'm not 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 in a bad way. I mean, whoever was part of that team, and I know who I'm talking to. I'm like who, who listening to it. It's like I don't know. It's just it's not it's not you. It's like more of me. Like me. I just, mm-hmm. just have the fear of like it's within my realms. I can't mm-hmm. just let go. Yeah, and true. Just trust anyone in that sense, and um, yeah, I mean. All my life, I'm just I want to be doing everything. Like, I wish I wished I had a clone machine, and I probably could, and just like clone myself in different parts of the sector, mm. and just just do as much as I can. But then, yeah, I mean, 
sometimes you just let go like for example you know sometimes you're just like it's been 10 minutes since i last checked my instagram feed. <laughs> exactly so probably thousands of posts and you're like, <laughs> you open it's like uh, one new post by sports by yeah <laughs> exactly and even my friends uh, we have this group chat and they always talk about new things oh my god did you hear this girl's gonna change school and they're like oh my god where did you hear that from you know so <laughs> it's there's always this thing that's like your fear because you hear all those things that ha- are happening around you you're like oh my god how come i you know you're not with a trend you're so last week like you know so we fear <laughs> missing so <laughs> like oh my god you're so last week we have this thing that girls come up with you know and that's why it goes around that you're always because there there will there will always be distractions and you will always have stuff going on so you will always fear missing out so i i don't know but for me it's just that you, you need to get over yourself you know and yeah. just yeah no i i agree and it's just um it's um baffling at times and exactly yeah, you just just let go let go yeah and exactly and and one of these things is that when we do it we don't notice it right when you when you're when you fear missing out you don't notice that you're wasting some time on something that you know is kind of valueless and that's why you need to call yourself out we were also talking about this is calling yourself out when you do stuff that are wrong and some people they fear doing that because they don't want to feel they or, they already have insecurities and they don't want to add more into that. But the the purpose of calling yourself out is to actually improve in yourself and not just feel insecure. Like, what it can be whatever. If you're eating unhealthy, and you notice it, but you kind of just let it to the back of your brain and you just ignore it completely. You know, so anything, just you have to call yourself out because, you know, when you call yourself out, you're, you're just it's not better, let. It's better than being called out by someone else. Exactly, and that's why my mother always tells me, for example, when she corrects me or something, and I'm just like, you know, like what? She's like, I'm doing it. It's like she's like why you said, family art. Why should I be correcting you? Why aren't you doing it by yourself to yourself? Exactly. Yeah, and you know, if you don't correct yourself, it's better you noticing your own mistakes than someone else pointing out pointing it out on you, and it's gonna even hurt more. I hundred so, percent agree with you because I, I'm a victim or. I'm, I'm a criminal. Yeah. And stuff like this. And just. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I, it's so obvious and I still don't do it. And it's just irritating to myself. And it's probably more irritating for my parents when <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean. As teenagers, it's so uncomfortable calling yourself out because you're literally just pointing out your mistakes. But if you can master the art of calling yourself out and improving then it's gonna seem so much easier yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. you know i don't know it's like statistics you have a problem how can you solve it you know and i, I don't know I, I find it so much better when you do it and then when somebody else calls you out on it you're gonna feel terrible anyways so yeah. better do it yourself then. and yeah and um also off record um you mentioned um about emotion and um exactly and um i mentioned just being professional is it's just being professional is that you mentioned how you need to take the emotion out of things when you're doing the work and exactly it's like when you're in a professional workspace it's like you know you're on creation mode 
put yourself in a mode that you know you're you're working and stuff so you can't have emotions distracting you or like for example if if you're a famous person and you're doing a photo shoot and you need to get this photo shoot done for something and in the middle of the photo shoot you're like oh my god i'm so fat and you start crying you know it's not efficient it's not efficient and it's not going to get work done so <laughs> when you're in a workspace you need to have fewer emotions not not saying that you should be a ro- robot but you know have fewer emotions because no, when you're when you're there's a there's a time and place for the emotion but just not um your work should not define your emotions should not define your work mm-hmm. and your work should not define your emotion true true Exactly. There is exactly, and there's this quote by she by Superwoman. She says, "When you need to get your hustle on, be driven by goals, not by emotions." Alright. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much fair, and yeah. Do you like traveling? Yeah, I love traveling. Uh, One of my favorite things is to travel and explore and learn about new cultures, and it just you feel like your mind just expands when you go to new places and experience new things. So, yeah, I love traveling. I just traveled last summer to my um, country, Egypt. Last, um, last month. Last, last month. I mean, like, summer's over, so I say last summer. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I traveled to Egypt, and people, uh, as people may know, Egypt is not in a very good situation right now. Uh it's it, economically it's a disaster and i think one of the main things i learned from egypt is that even in catastrophes there will be a silver lining because everybody in egypt is you know just so positive and they love having fun and dancing and singing and they have so many festivals going on so it's it's one of the good things i learned in egypt that even catastrophes or even in disasters you will find a silver lining yeah. So I think yeah. it's just um, the locals aren't. I mean, it's just it's just portrayed wrong. Um, yeah. In the, in the media. In the media, yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, apart from Egypt, I'm like, is there is there like a dream place you'd like to visit? In Egypt or outside um, Egypt? Outs- uh, in the world, just anywhere. Hmm. I think the Maldives. It's one of the most. I, I don't know. I view it as a as a really nice. You know, it's I've an ex- about Maldives, yeah. So yeah. It's an exquisite place, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. And you know, par- you know the. It, it might sound the, the fear of sounding so cliche, but I think um, Paris and stuff. You know, just the general places. I I just like going places where you you know you know your nerves just relax and you that feel relaxed and calm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you go to Paris, you should go to Disneyland, and it's just awesome. <laughs> exactly. Disney, Disney, Disney. And if one place I would definitely visit again would be Rome. It, it's beautiful. The people there are beautiful. The culture, that, that the history. Flight, just that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Wait for me. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, yeah, 100% agree. And um, so, obviously grade 11 just going to school and everything and uh, mm-hmm. what do you what do you what is um i mean i probably you don't have a set of routine because I'm, most people don't but, um, mm-hmm. um what what is the stuff you like to do when you come back from home drop your bag just... eat <laughs> love to love to eat <laughs> yeah, like, obviously just coming back having food you know but one thing i would like to reflect on is just sit down 
it, it's kind of depressing most of the time but because what I do is I just sit down and I think to myself okay what did I gain out of the these eight hours of school you know I'm spending eight hours in school every day so I'm just like okay I'm doing the same this it's the same timetable every hours of just talking <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I'm just sitting with my friends talking wasting time so I sit with myself and I think okay what did I gain out of this it's kind of depressing most of the time but it does reflect to you that you need to make a difference every day. Yeah. Every day you have an opportunity to make a difference. I don't know whether it's making someone happy or you know improving some and you know improving something in school or anything. So I think a lot of time goes to waste in school while you can actually make use of it. I know most of the time you're you're just in class learning, but you know we're just sitting and the teacher is talking and no one's listening and just life is just going on so yeah, i think it's very, it's very rudimentary and it gets yeah. repetitive and, uh, exactly yeah it's, it's very very repetitive and like ugh, we have math next period and blah 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 so i think just sit with yourself and think to yourself okay what can i do to improve and i think i should also do that like what can i do to improve my everyday routine or like you know make something you know different or make a change or whatever so i think we should all reflect on that yeah um yeah i agree and um are you just um i mean obviously you haven't chose your subject since uh, i mean mm -hmm. you chose your subject i mean you mm -hmm. decide what you want to do and stuff um in the mm -hmm. future but i'd like to end it with one question that I, i've been asking every single guest so, mm -hmm. how would you like to be remembered? <sighs> I think that's a very, very difficult question. And I think you probably noticed most people, they just, they, they, they're left stuttering and they don't know what to say. It's because it's really hard. Like, when you say, how do you want to be remembered? You just imagine your life just flashing back across your eyes and you just you know what if I what if I die today how will I be remembered and you know that is the most scariest thing but I think I don't know obviously we everyone would would love to be remembered as a good person and but I don't want you know when you die you don't really want people's pity and then they try to remember the things like you know they try to think okay how does this person help me hmm, let me think you know i just want it to be spontaneous like you think of that person even before they die you'd be like that person changed my life or you know someone in the future who is so successful will imagine you know someone in the future that is super super su successful goes like one day ali and jaffrey changed my life you know <laughs> <laughs> that would be like amazing and i think I don't know, but I, I think I would want to be remembered genuinely. It sounds so simple. Well, I want to be remembered as a nice person. And I think it's so nice just being nice to people and offering a helping hand and all these fluffy, fluffy coats and stuff, you know. it's It sounds lame, but I think I want to be... You know, being remembered is something... Because being remembered is something hard on itself because not all people are remembered. You know, you remember them for a little while after they pass out, but then, you know, people just move on and they forget. So yeah. being remembered is already a challenge with itself. Be nice. But being remembered and being remembered for good is even harder and being remembered for making a change is, it's, it's just, it's a whole, I don't I'm know. Just, <laughs> happy to be remembered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would just be happy to be remembered. But I don't know. I think... I would I would want to be remembered as, as this person that 
had had this silver lining in everyone's life or just made even if a little bit of a change but at least you know people remember me for doing something not just generally just being a nice person but she did that and that is why i remember her so i want people to remember me that way so all right that's that's good and um if people want to see more of sanali where can they go you know, just my social media and the link below. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I, I just, um, you won't really, I, I'm thinking actually this is, and I'm, I think this is the first time I'm saying this, but I think I might um, make a YouTube channel soon. I was thinking about this for a really, really long time. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think I'm thinking of making a YouTube channel and releasing a video about judgment and how we all judge one another. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think... Maybe I might do a YouTube channel, so stay tuned with Alien. If I make a YouTube channel, Alien will be the first one to know. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I would I would like to end the note. Um, uh, I, know, I think it's very, very important that it just generally, I think being nice to people and promoting what you it's like see we we have two criteria it's either promote what you love or bash what you hate and if the opportunity is thrown your way to promote what you love rather than bash what you hate you have to take it because those little little things that you don't notice and you you know you're just this energy that's walking through people's lives either be a positive energy or a negative energy and that's how people are going to remember you so yeah i think just promoting what you love and just, you know, be be a good person. <laughs> that's that's all I want to say. Be a good person. You know, the world already has some bad things going on. So, be a good person. Be nice to people. All right. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed. It. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mm. Uh, thank you. As well for coming on as guest. And um, cool. See you later, guys.